You're listening to EG Property Podcasts. I'm Pui Guan Man, news editor. ESG was one of the hottest topics at this year's MIPIM conference in Cannes. One of the most sought-after certifications in that space is the B Corps status, widely viewed as one of the key benchmarks for ESG performance. But how much value can it really add to a real estate business? At the EG Pavilion at the Palais de Festival, we had the opportunity to sit down with Craig Cullimore, Chair of ADP Architecture, and Claire Mantle, Executive Director and Education Lead at ADP Architecture, to talk about the process of applying for the certification, how it ensures its values are upheld, the importance of bringing joy to a space, and how exactly someone might go about measuring that. Hope you enjoy. Hi everyone and thanks for joining us today. Um, we're kicking off proceedings with a session on the much prized B Corps certification, widely seen as the benchmark for a, bit, uh, a business's ESG performance. Um, but how much value can this movement actually add to your business? Here to take it through us all uh, is Craig Cullimore, Chair of ADP Ar Architecture, and Claire Mantle, Executive Director and Education Lead at ADP Architecture, who will take to the floor to show us some more. And uh, there will be the opportunity for questions at the end as well. So uh, do start having a think about those as well. Um, with that, I'll hand over to Craig and Claire. Thank you. I'm just testing the mic. It's a bit of a strange thing to do, first thing. So yeah, as, thank you for the introduction. So I'm Claire Mantle, ADP. I sit on the board of directors with Craig and we we're here today to talk about our approach to design and our responsibility of design in the community. Over to you, Craig. Yeah, and I'm Craig Cullymore. Okay, so before we start going through the slides, I thought I'd just cover what B Corp is. I'm not sure if everyone knows exactly what it is, but basically it started in America, B Corporation, otherwise Benefit Corporation. It's now become worldwide, and it's almost a two-year waiting list to become a B Corp now because they've been so uninvaded with companies trying to register. Um, a lot of retail companies um, are doing it, a lot of um, commercial products are doing it, but more and more real estate companies, property developers and architects are now doing it. Basically what it is, is that you have to promise and you have to make it um, within your constitution that you put people and planet first in everything you do. So that's before all your profits, you have to consider the people you employ, people who rate to your projects and obviously the environment in all your projects. So that's something that we've signed up to do. Um, we become a B Corp about six months ago, having started in 2020, um, a long time, but we're proud that we're, we're the highest scoring architectural practice in the world at the moment, but I'm sure as more and more register, that will continuously more practices will sign up and, and do better. It's not really about being at the best, it's about doing the best for the world in terms of the projects we do. So if we just go through the couple of slides now. So the reality we start with is that we live in a world with wars and um, homelessness and all those issues and climate change that we need to address. And as um, architects and as developers and investors, we have a real opportunity in our projects to try and make a difference. Simple things we can do right at the outset of our projects and all the way through making sure that we create real communities for real people and we can address real world issues. And through our projects and through us making sure that we listen to our clients and customers to make sure that we can really improve the, the, the places for people and, and the planet. So that impact can go through all of our projects where we live, work, play, all those things we need to listen and work out exactly how we can improve the lives of people. So one of the most important things for us is listening right at the outset and really getting to understand the communities we work in. And that's 
everyone involved in the project, from the client to the funders to the, the actual customers who actually will use the building. Because if you, one of the things we've, um, we've been looking at through B Corp is people and planet. Those are the important elements, but loads of people say that they take, put those first. But unless you really um, think of things holistically, then you could create a building that's great and sustainable. But unless it's a, a place that people want to live in, work in, or people enjoy, then it's, it's, people aren't going to use it. It's going to become a white elephant. People won't stay there forever. So it's really looking at how you can make a bigger difference and look at a holistic picture. So we as a practice have developed something that we use on all of our projects to help look at the whole picture. It's, it's not to replace Briam and all those things there. We do that on our projects and leads and well standards. But we've created a simple tool that we just use on our projects at various stages just to have an understanding. It takes about 15 minutes per project and we do it at five key stages as a practice to make sure that we're making a difference. We're actually doing what we say. So Claire will run through those um, points in a minute. But it was really just trying to make sure that we're doing actually what we promise and we take it seriously. And then as a practice, we can build up a history over a couple of years of our benchmarks on our projects to make sure that year on year, we're actually improving in what we're doing. Thank you. So when we started looking at our own internal vision, um, the sustainability belonging engagement was our interpretation of planet, places, and people, or planet, people, places. And as Craig said, that we didn't want it just to be, this is what we stand for. We wanted to be able to measure what matters. So we did a lot of research into best practice and all the standards of, as Briam, the well standard, where the carbon agenda is, and took all these elements and looked at a holistic picture of what these three things meant to us as designers, but not just in design terms, also challenging our briefs and challenging our clients and thinking about it in a different holistic way, not just a sustainable agenda, not just an agenda for people. Um, so if we run through the next page, but the biggest of this was about the long-term view. We need to be thinking long-term and the impact of our buildings have because the biggest impact we can have is on the design of how those buildings function. So it looks quite a simplistic tool, um, but what under each element, the sustainability, belonging, engagement, there's five categories, and behind that, each category has like 10 to 12 points. And as I said, this is all best practice, it all is interrogated, and um, so for example, under sustainability, we wanted to raise the agenda, so a number of our projects, they're Briam, but what does that actually mean for sustainability? Does that actually help in the future? So um, when you actually put one of our projects through the Briam, actually it scored quite low in sustainability because it's not aspiring to the 2030 guidance for carbon agenda. So what we wanted to do is review each element, but nothing has equal, um, everything had the same weighting, because we had somebody looking at well-being, somebody looking at inclusive design, somebody looking at sustainability. But actually, this is holistic, it needs to all be at the core of our agenda. So the way we use it is to develop briefs internally and challenge our clients and discuss it with our clients, but then looking at it at key stages, so pre-submission of planning, pre-construction, and then the biggest bit for us is the post-occupancy evaluation of going back and actually, did we deliver what we said we were going to deliver? So doing the assessment, we've, we've got it, this runs in something very high-tech called Excel, but we would like to turn it into an app. Eventually, we've looked into sort of um, software of how we could do that. But then this is how you put it into practice and apply it. So this is very quick review. Um, 
of what all these bits mean. It's all very nicely color-coded. So the one I'd go into um, for now is sustainability, the belonging engagement. Under engagement, we started looking at that real well standard of what's the internal environment about, what does the air quality, how do the light, going really into details about lighting, acoustics, and actually how it all feels, because it's all very well having one big picture and how it all sits in the public realm and the community, but we need to get into that nitty-gritty of what does it feel like inside because that's what people engage with every single day. The belonging part is this placemaking and community and our social impact. So we really wanted to look at going back and we're starting to do more um, post-occupancy social impact five years on discussions and actually, have we made an impact? Because we can all say we made an impact, but we need to evidence it because we need to, again, learn. Um, and then, as I said about the sustainability, this goes from operational energy through to material impact, thinking about like where our supply chain is, what we're gathering, and then going into, it then crosses over to biodiversity and um, sustainable active travel. So it's a lot, but to get a robust brief and to make a difference and make a change, this is the only way we're gonna do it. Do you wanna go on? To just relate that back to B Corp. So we were, we were using this tool long before we um, took, went down the route of B Corp. So it's, we've got about four, three or four years worth of project um, history. So we've developed the tool to refine it over the last couple of years. And it's a tool that we share with other practices we work with. We, and one of the key things, and really one of the messages about B Corp is collaborating with others working with other architects, and again, if there's any architects here in the audience, I encourage you to also become B Corps, and, and we can share how we've done it and share our knowledge, because I think one of the key things is about us all working together, because if we try and just do it on our own, we're not going to have the impact that we need to have. We need to all, uh, best investors, developers, funders, we just need to make sure that we're all trying to develop the best we can in terms of our projects and for the people, and look at that impact, because if we don't, the projects won't stand the test of time, they won't add that real value we're trying to do with projects. So I think it's really just, just basically all collaborate and talk and work together. And in terms of putting it back to B Corp, as a B Corp, we, we have to make sure that we have a positive impact in everything we do. So we get reassessed every three years. Um, so we're, um, well, we're only six months in, so we've got two and a half years to really try and make an impact on what we do. We're an employee-owned business, so for our staff, it's really easy to make an impact on what we do internally in the office and in our studios, but really in the outside world, that's where we can have the bigger impact in our projects and really help develop things for the long term. And I think just to add on that is every time we've used the toolkit in that discussion with clients or internally, externally, architects or people who've been around the industry for 20, 30 years, it's opened their eyes to something new that they hadn't considered. So I think we all think there's, we're doing the best we can, but actually we need to reevaluate ourselves as well. Thank you. Great. <laughs> well, oh, thank you very much for the presentation, both of you. Um, I guess I would like to start by, I, I suppose let's come to you first, Craig. I mean, as designers and developers, what is our responsibility in addressing the current state of the world? Well, as our projects, and as I said just a second ago in the slides, we can have a difference if we really, really look at the things that we can develop and improve. 
some of the things don't uh, are not extra money to projects. It's not about investing more. It's about looking at the simple things you get, looking at the social value a project can add, or looking about the already the climate the project sits within, or the 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 area the project sits in. Look at all the things you get for free on the sites in terms of the connectivity um, with the existing infrastructure and people. Because there's no point developing something, designing something that people just won't naturally feel um, you know connected with. So it's looking at those connections and making sure that you can really look to make sure that you build upon what the users um, and customers actually want, rather than, obviously we, we, we make sure our clients are important to make sure we're delivering for our clients, but our clients disappear after a few years and it's making sure the building's there for the long-term users longer than it is our client relationship. So it's making sure that we've developed something that will actually be loved and used. And one of the things we touched on the slides there was really just adding more joy in the way people use our, our buildings. I think just to summarise on that, it's that community engagement collaboration from the outset. Because if you don't get the buy-in from the end user, as Craig said, the, the client's going to disappear. So a lot of our work that we do in public sector in the education is about the end user, the local community and everything like that. So if we can get their understanding of what their need is, then it opens up a lot. And we've seen such positive results in, in communities where you know, we have um, crime has dropped and they, they've really embedded into what this new centre would be or this new project. Yeah. And, and during the process of applying for B Corps status, um, what did you sort of learn about yourselves and, and in terms of how you were doing business before? So obviously you were talking a bit about the um, SBE toolkit that you were using beforehand, but um, did the process change um, any understanding of of ESG that you previously had? Um, we have the advantage that we're actually employee-owned. So being an employee-owned company, listening to all your staff right from the outset really helps through the B Corp um, accreditation. So through that process, we learned that a number of things we were doing were still well, okay, there are a number of things we want to improve. And it really does give you an agenda to all those, all those elements you can improve in the company. One of the things that, um, that B Corp, it's, it's quite inward facing and what we're trying to do with our, our toolkit is try and make it more impactful in the projects because it's great that we're, you know, we, we're great employers but it's really our, our main thing is what we can do to, the, to our projects and the people that we work with. So what we're trying to do is make sure that all the things we've learned through the process we can then apply to the projects and the environments. It started off as an American criteria so some of the things in the real estate world in terms of what they, they measure are things that are not really applicable, especially the work we do in the UK. It's, it's, it's too car orientated and things like that, some of the criteria that they're looking at. So we're, we're setting up a number of round tables over the coming months with other B Corps in the, in the industry to really just try and work out how we can make it more specific to the projects and environments we're working in. Um, I think there's a couple of other architectural practices and, and we're also doing um, various round table events just to try and get uh, more knowledge about how we can have that impact for our projects. I think just to add to that is I think what some of our projects in public sector have met that criteria by default, but actually now re-evaluating, actually going seeking those projects, not just them coming to us as much. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's good that we've got it and we were doing it, but actually now actively going and seeing how can we change like those communities, like the whole community, all of it, like the, the images that we've just shared on the, on the presentation is, it's not just about that one building, it's the whole thing. Uh, so I think that, as Craig said, going forward, we can actually, what we're doing was good, but we can go and actively seek it out more. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. 
And, um, and I guess, is there that recognition then that, um, you know, returns, the industry is recognizing that returns can be generated because of social value and not just as well as social value? I mean, is there, how can the industry better show that, do you think? So there are a lot of toolkits that measure social value and we've not actually seen, we, it's often we do it at the bid stage, but then we don't see that return at the actual end product. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily from something that the designers or the team are doing, but it's something you we, we say we'll do it at the beginning and then it's not continued through. But the idea of doing the whole holistic from start to end to go back and capture that, the only way we're going to do it is going back and do the post-occupancy evaluation or the impact assessment. Um, so we have invested in SROI, which is like a social impact review. Um, so we're trying different tools to, again, measure, but there's not, we have not found that one tool or one thing that has actually given that sort of su success criteria, apart from going to evaluate yourself. Right, I see. And I guess bringing it back to the process of um, applying for a, a B Corps uh, status, I mean, can you tell us a bit more about how you found the process itself? I mean, it seems like it takes months, if not years, two of years? hard work. Yeah, two years. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. Is there, have, have you found it to be a, a worthwhile exercise on the whole? I mean, it just seems like it's a very comprehensive process. Um, I think the two years is because they've been inundated with people applying mm. to become B Corps. I think it's meant to take four months, but it, it, it took two years from us filling. So just at the top of my head, I think it's 180 questions you need to answer. It's under five points, and I should have remembered what those five points are, but it's about the governance of the um, your company, how you have an impact on the people you employ. So it's looking through those five different subject areas and just providing your policies and how you approach those. And you, you score yourself and then you submit your scores, and then someone assess them. So to become a B Corp, I think out of the 180 points, you, you can score 180, um, but you only need to score 80 and above to actually become a B Corp. So it does recognise that you, you have, have still have work to do. So it's about what you do next, really, in terms of once you've got the B Corp certification to really have that impact and make a difference. So in terms of the... We, we just basically dedicated one person to go through all the different points, and he brought in all the different bits of our company together. We had the problem that we actually operate in three different countries um, and that made it quite challenging to put some of those things together in terms of the way the B Corps assess because you have to pick which country you originally read. They, they call themselves B Labs so in each country there's a lab that looks through your criteria so um, the problem was because we're what actually one company registered in three places it made it really hard to assess us um, but having got through all that, um, we're, we've achieved what we want to do and we've looked at how we can improve things within the practice. And things like we, we have EDI groups within the practice and some of the, the B Corp stuff just gives us policies and gives us documents how we can help improve the practice and we can benchmark it against criteria that others are doing. But I think just touching on that is we've really worked hard at the culture of what that fits like, not just the policy and the tick box, but genuinely we care and we want to sit and listen we do are we listening sessions continually like bi-monthly i'd say with like, different studios and had that i think that's the benefit of the employee owned practice that's another level to this is that, that everybody has a voice we're all equal voices the board yes have governance but everybody can have a say and i think that has probably tipped us over to a, a, a new culture and way of thinking 
So yes, we could great that we've got B Corp, but it's actually how it feels to everybody in. We want everybody to feel that internally, continually. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of touched upon this in, in your presentation and in your answer uh, just now as well, really, but I suppose everyone well, everyone and their dog is suggesting that they, you know, put pe people and planet at the forefront of, of what they do. But, um, you know, there's a bit of show and tell expected here, isn't there? I mean, what's the sort of tangible evidence that, you know, you guys are, are different and you're, you're really doing this? You know, how, and how are you guys holding yourselves to account? Well, I think that's one of the reasons we did the B Corp, because I think... We often present to clients or trying to win work, and I think every every architectural practice has the same opening web, um, slides on their website about that they're putting people first and the planet first. We all say that, but the, it's really hard to evidence that. So that's why we went down the B Corp route to say that we've actually been assessed and we can evidence it across our projects. As I said, the key elements of B Corp about your impact, having an impact on people and the, and the environment and putting them first. So if we hopefully, by saying that we've got the B Corp and got that, we are evidencing that we've actually, someone independently has assessed that we are actually doing what we say or what we're claiming to do. It is, you know, we're in a privileged position as, as designers to actually try and create communities and develop uh, projects and develop environments where we all live, work and play. And it's really, to have that impact, you just need to look at the holistic picture. And B Corp, um, helps us look at that holistic picture. We've obviously a practice that's been around for a number of years and we've registered for various other ISOs and other criterias and um, other standards. But as I said, to actually evidence what you've done is very, very difficult to actually prove it. We can obviously show the projects we've done, but how they really perform, people don't really see. So the B Corp hopefully is just saying that we've been independ independently assessed. Yeah. Yeah, and and I guess on on that sort of re on a related uh, note, I mean, having a certification like B Corps obviously shows that social purpose is a, is a priority for for ADP and and you know. Um, evidenced by what you guys have been doing before as well but how do you ensure those values are upheld I mean have you have have you for example changed your approach in governance uh, specifically I think well both me and Claire have benefited from the fact that we're an employee-owned company and we're both on the board of an employee-owned company so as our, as a practice that's um, employee-owned 100% employee-owned so we have to listen to our employees so some of those things we're already doing which made it some of those elements of B Corp really simple to apply to because of the nature of the company and the way we're set up. Claire's touched on the we are listening sessions, continuously listen to our staff and including what they want to do because I think what we found, I'm assuming everyone else has had the same employment issues and the shorts of staff and trying to move things forward. The younger generation are more interested in purpose and value. So some of those key elements we've just developed as a practice, you know, why do we do this? What gets us up in the morning? So looking at those things and what is actually the purpose we're trying to do. And our, our purpose is simple. I think I've touched on one of the slides, but it's, it's to create more joy in the world. That's quite a simple statement, and I think everyone hopes to create more joy in their projects and what they do. So that applies both in our projects, in our studios, and everything we, we get involved in. I'm just trying to make it better, basically. Yeah, and just to add to that, through the what I didn't talk about earlier was with the SBE toolkit or the SBE, the lens of it, it's we, we look at everything through that. So it's not just our projects when we're looking at our policies, our documents, the way we engage, we're, we're thinking through in that lens all the time. So we had, a, for example, a director's conference last year and we challenged people to look at different projects through those lenses. So it's just opening your eyes into internal governance, external design, our clients, all of it, and 
it's yeah a consistent approach not just specifically for how our designs feel yeah and and you you spoke about sort of uh, you know the one of the sort of tangible outcomes of it being kind of the joy that you um that you see specifically that word joy and i guess i just wondered are you guys trying to measure that joy or how how do you yeah it's really hard i mean how do you measure joy i mean that's a whole nother topic of discussion but what we're trying to do so we're doing um for an event in june we're trialing with some students about um through this is i'm going off on a tangent but on digital media of us all creating our own third space and then looking at it like through um, emotional sensory of like them going through in this VR world of how they engage with that space and how it makes them feel. So we're trying to take it into design and um, view it in a different way. And so we were looking at eye tracking and how like people feel and heat mapping. So we're trying to test it in different ways, but the joy, you just goes back by meeting people and sort of seeing how everybody feels about it really. I think joy can be measured in, well, people wanting to be there, people wanting to invest, people want to buy something, people want to live somewhere. Taking it back to us as an employer, um, we took a big gamble after the COVID that in terms of our return to work policy, we actually said to all our employees and, well, co-workers, actually do what you want. And we've basically probably got about 98% of people back in our studios every day. And the good thing is, is because they've chosen to be there or wanting to be there, so therefore, hopefully, they're happy places to be. Because if you force someone in, then they're not really going to enjoy it. But if they choose something, then hopefully they're, they're there because they can see the, the environments or the, the community that we're building. I think it does come back to communities and making sure that you do... Cur- so our projects, we're, we're there at the outset, and I think it's going back to projects later just to see how are people using it and how you can apply that to your next project, you know learn from your mistakes about what, what doesn't work, you know, what are the empty units that didn't, didn't sell or didn't rent, which, why was that, and looking at how you can look at improving those things project on project. Fascinating. Um, I guess with that, I think it's time to open the floor to questions. So does anyone have any questions for Craig and Claire? Your process to winning business, right? We've we got to win business. Has it strengthened and lengthened the process? And how much of the time are you educating customers? Are they getting it? Are they demanding it? Or are they educating a lot of your customers to win business? I think we, we, only, we only win business through trying to develop relationships with clients and get to know our clients. Because I think um, get, trying to put... Um, Trying to win something that no one knows you is quite difficult. So building that relationship and trying to explain what you do. So we very quickly touch on our purpose in any of our submissions right at the outset, but not only, I think it's about 150 words because no one reads beyond that in a bit of submission on the first page. So just trying to make sure that you're getting your message across. But then really importantly, it's then stop talking about us. It's talking about them and how, by us doing this, how we can improve them, how we can improve what they're trying to do. Because at the end of the day, it's not really about us, it's about them and the project. So it's basically trying to turn the lens around back on them and how these elements can relate to, to what they need and what we feel they need on their projects. And just to add to that, I think the toolkit is come from what our clients need. So when we're presenting that or discussing that, that's, that's that early pre-project engagement. Actually, it's been really well received and they can see how they can use it. Um, but going into that detail at that next level is um, probably challenging them more when you're getting into that really in detail of what actually all this means. But I think it's actually helped develop the brief because you know you've got 
everybody's got different agendas, but bringing that all back to one um, has been really well positive. Great. Any other questions? Got time for more? Yes. Um, fellow uh, B Corp, um, we have found it a really interesting process from a, quite a critical perspective. It's really easy, I think, to step back and say, oh, we're doing all these wonderful things, but actually the thing we found most useful is pushing us forward on some of the areas where we aren't quite at the level that we'd want to be. So I guess my question to you would be, this year, what is going to be your focus in terms of the areas that you really want to drive forward on as a business? Do you want to take that? Because you're it's, it's looking how we can actually share those values and have that impact in the projects we do. Um, I, I think it's just, and again, looking at all the different opportunities we get. We've recently done a project that um, we were approached about some, well, it's some charity work, so we decided to do it with no fee. Um, we're really busy in the UK in terms of projects, so we actually paid a Ukrainian architect's practice to do the work. So it's looking at how we can have impact in different ways and helping other people. So it's, and again, it's looking at how we can do things differently. But in terms of the, the criteria, I think hopefully you probably agree a lot of the criteria you measure against is internal things as the governance of a, a company but that can easily be applied in the world that you're working in and looking at how you can apply those things so I think the main thing this year is just making sure that we we have an impact in in the things we do and influence the projects we're doing to try and not necessarily get other people to sign up the B Corp but just really put people and planet first as well. I think to add to that so Craig mentioned earlier we're doing a roundtable discussion with a lot of other B Corp to see just again, start that conversation of what other people are doing. And we have taken on a new um, Tom, who's our impact lead, and he's starting to do that um, 10 years on assessment of projects, but dedicated person to actually do those reviews rather than this ad hoc basis. So through Tom and through Craig's round table, we're hoping that will take us in a different direction. Great. Well, I think that is a, a good place to wrap up. So um, please, can I ask you to join me in thanking our panel?